Welcome to the podcast, A Moon in the Dark, with Ellen Blake. Today, we meet Joseph, and he finds out that he's going to be a father, but not in the way that he had hoped. Today, I sit down with two of my guy friends, and we explore the passage in Matthew 1, where we meet Joseph, and we consider the question, what do we do when God throws us a curveball? Maybe you need some color copies. Maybe you need some letterhead, stationery, church bulletins, maybe a sign for your business, or some business cards. Go to Professional Printing behind the Taco Bell on Taylor Street and tell them that I sent you. Okay, I'm sitting here with two of my favorite guys. I'm pinching myself that I even get to sit here with y'all because... No, you're not. <laughs> this is good. Should I pinch you? Ow! Chris Monavino and Slate yes. Fluker. It's even, it's rare just to be able to be, to get to see one of y'all and I get to be with both of you at the same time. You haven't known each other very long, maybe about a day or so, but... That's right. We, um, I've heard about him for many years. And likewise, yeah. Otis, Otis is a common denominator here. Yeah. Well, our family loves both of your families. We're so thankful for y'all. Thankful for your friendship with Otis. And he loves you guys so much. And, yeah. um, and I love your families and your wives. Yes. And we're glad to be here. Yeah, we are. Absolutely. Very excited to be here. Yeah. So, Chris, we met you in college. Right. Tell us about uh, just after the Navy, you went yeah, to study. So, I studied chemical engineering uh, during college and knew Otis through the Navy ROTC program. And so, we were both commissioned as officers in the Navy. And I was on the West Coast in Japan, and he was on the East Coast in Charleston and Norfolk. And we were pen pals. And that's really kind of how our friendship developed over the years and what God, how God brought us together. And then just over time, we've just shared opportunities with our families to get together, and he's my big adventure buddy, so um, I lure him out to the Pacific Northwest to go hiking with me and scale mountains and jump in cold lakes and go fishing, hmm. and we just get to be boys in the wilderness, which is so much fun. Hmm. But uh, So I am from Vancouver, Washington. Uh, I am a pastor of a church there. Um, I've been there for 15 years. And I am married to my wonderful wife, Karen, uh, who is an architect in the Portland area. We have four kids. Our oldest just graduated from, uh, from college, Maddie, uh, a son who's a junior at the University of Washington, a daughter who is a freshman at Boise State University, and then a daughter, Sophie, who is uh, a sophomore in high school. Wow. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Yeah, Chris. absolutely. And Slate. It's been my pleasure. Ellen. We, How you doing? We uh, <laughs> had the pleasure of having you in Griffin as our Young Life Area Director. Pleasure. <laughs> it was a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, we go way back to 2007, and uh, I jumped on the staff of Young Life, which is a fantastic ministry, and um, I was moved to Griffin, and the Blakes were the first family that we kind of met as we moved into town, and... Our boys kind of lined up in age, and just um, so it's just been really fun parenting our kids together through the years, especially in Griffin, uh, through middle school, high school, that kind kind of thing. And so, yeah, I'm uh, the area. I'm currently the area director in Northwest Atlanta, and uh, my wife Lindsay and I we've been married for 22 years. Lindsay's a part-time middle school teacher of English and English literature and Bible, and we have four kids. Um, Slate, Matt, Jim, and Camille. 
So fun. So fun. <laughs> so Slate, in case people don't know, tell us what what is Young Life exactly? Okay, Young Life is just a um, international ministry, and it is essentially just a bunch of loving, committed adults that love the Lord and that love middle and high school kids and just have a deep desire to see the two meet. And so we try to just uh, earn the right to be heard is kind of our tagline and we just kind of move into neighborhoods and schools and that kind of thing as loving, concerned adults and just really use the tool of friendship to befriend um, middle and high school kids and use that and leverage that friendship in order to tell kids the greatest love story of all that Jesus uh, loves them and, des and desires a relationship with them. That's essentially what Young Life's all about. Yeah. So I've seen both of you head into engineering and banking in yes. separate times, and then the Lord bring you to full-time ministry. Yeah, and That's we right. have a common denominator of Young Life, because yes. I, was, I was on staff with Young Life for some years, and now I am a, a volunteer Young Life leader in my community of Camus, where I've been leading for six years. So I hang out with yeah. junior high school you guys. Know, you know exactly yeah, what it's all about. Yeah, I know what it's like. Yeah. So I move into their world. So we're entering into the Christmas story right now in, yes. in Matthew with the birth of Jesus. And the story about Joseph encountering the angel and telling him that his fiance is pregnant, but by means of something different than what... <laughs> We would expect, right? Yes. Well, let's Hello. read it. Let's hop in yeah. Matthew 1, um, verse 18. Sounds good. I'd love to read it for us. Thanks. Uh, right. Yeah, this is, so if you're following, following along, this is Matthew chapter 1, uh, verses 18 through 25, and it says this, Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed big to word. Joseph, big word, um, SAT word, y'all, um, betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, since he was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had thought this over, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you shall name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all of this took place so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be fulfilled. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he named him Jesus. Hmm. So, hmm. lots what going do we on see? there. Yeah, lots what do going we see? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? Um, well, it's a crazy story, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, if I were hearing this for the first time, I would think. What the heck? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Are you for real? Like, did this really happen? Like, I, it's it's just hard to put all the pieces into place mm -hmm. exactly, like how this could be. Right. So, but then yet, yet you know it's true because this story has has stood the test of time. And what I like oh, to tell yeah. to my friends in absolutely middle and high school is like, you know, if there's a good rumor about mm. you that's absolutely wrong, it, it usually will run its course in about a day or two and then it word gets out like this really never happened this story has stood the test of time for 
2020 so years. years yeah. You know, and we're still talking about it. We're still celebrating it. Yeah. And we're still memorializing the story mm. year in and year out. So that mm. is that's that's an incredible thing to me. So yes, it is it is off the wall. It's probably not what any of us would have uh you know, this would not be our plan of saving the world, you know, but yeah. this was God's plan. Well, how do we see, what do, what do we see going on? What do you feel like Joseph is going through and how do you see God moving? Well, I, I try to, when I think of this, I try to put myself into the shoes of my, my junior high school boys mm-hmm. who were probably the same age as Joseph. I mean, I know uh, other traditions might say that he was much older, but, but in that day, I mean, you were about 16 or 17 when you got married and the woman that you got married to was probably 13, 14. Like that was typical. Mm-hmm. So this is a story that totally relates to the students that you work with mm-hmm. and the students that yeah. I, I, I know as well. And so, so I try to put myself into their shoes of imagining them hearing it. And boy, when I share it with kids, it's like their eyes are wide open. Like, oh my gosh, like I could be Mary. Or I could be Joseph. Right. Like, this could be me. And it's just, it's kind of mind-blowing. I mean, it really does open them up to really hearing the story of what God wants to say. So, yeah. So Joseph has found out the news. Yes. Mary, <laughs> has found out. we yeah. assume, mm. or someone has told him that mm-hmm. she is found mm-hmm. to be with child. And now when they were betrothed, as a setter, engaged, that was a yeah. contract. That was like being married. So you'd need a divorce to break it. Yeah, this was an, an arrangement that was done between the two families. So there was a contract um, between Joseph's family and Mary's family that this would happen, you know, um, when they were of marrying age. So perhaps even before they were born, these families came together and said, hey, mm-hmm. our kids are going to mm-hmm. yeah, hook up. Yeah. So, okay, you got, y'all are guys. Yeah. How is he feeling at this moment? Yeah. I kind of like the idea of arranged marriages, honestly. Oh, uh, as I'm a father? <laughs> are you kidding? I've, they've got three sons. I've got three daughters. It's right? We've already yeah. made this arrangement. Yeah, that works out, right? Yeah. It's it's great on the parental end. It's not so great on the child end. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. But we, we, we don't know if they were actually in love or not, but you would imagine right. he would be shocked. He yeah. would be. I think they knew each other. I think they did because Nazareth was this mm. little podunk right. town. I mean, people say it was probably less than 100 people. So, I mean, imagine yeah. being in a yes. church of about 100 people. You know everybody yeah. and you know everybody's story. So so they definitely knew each other. So Joseph is disappointed, we, we are assuming. I think he's shocked. I think he's scared. I think he's probably angry. I think he's probably really uncertain. I think he's probably ready to run. Mm. Right? He just wants it to be he's, over. He's probably really embarrassed, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, I mean, and the Old Testament law at this time really kind of dictated that, that Mary should be stoned mm-hmm. for being unfaithful to her betrothed to be husband. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, the, the situation is very dire. I mean, it's, this is scary. Yeah. This plan is almost over before it starts, you know, had they followed the, the letter of the law, right? Right. Yeah. Wow. But but then we see that I mean, that Joseph is a different duck. Yeah. I mean, he's probably not the way that I would respond in my natural sense. Like mm-hmm. I would be thinking about what's best for me, mm-hmm. what's best for my family. How can we divorce ourselves from the situation and 
let Mary and this child go on with their life and let me go on with my life. Yeah. Like that's probably the way that I would be thinking, but that's not Joseph's thinking at all, yeah. right? No. I would just, you know, just kind of going back to the scripture, um, I just like where it says um, he had thought this over in his mind, and so clearly he's had this premeditated idea, like, okay, here's how I'm going to end this thing. We're going to have this quiet little divorce. It's just a duo. We're just going to do this thing over. And just God, God kind of has other plans. And um, Chris, I love how you kind of focus in on Joseph. Hmm. And I, I kind of like looking at just God kind of behind the story here. Mm-hmm. And, and what I see about God in this is just really the kind but firmness of God's plan and just his love and his character kind of come out. And, you know, he will not let his plan be thwarted or altered, even though this guy, Joseph's like, hey, you know, I'm, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go a different direction here. This is not, this didn't work out the way we thought. But God is like, no, no. And I think that's so characteristic just of us when we may have things in our plans and our directions and what, like what you said, it's like mm-hmm. what's best for my family and my mm-hmm. needs and that kind of thing. And then God just kind of comes in there and throws a wrench mm. into things. And uh, even when we have doubts, uh, mm. you know, God kind of comes along and just, just lovingly reassures us and just kind of gently keeps us on the path and, and mm. moving, moving his plan forward even though I would want to do something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what I, I think what really struck me in this story was this sense of uh, of disappointment, you know, mm-hmm. that Joseph was a righteous man. Like, he tried yep. to do everything that God wanted according to his plan and his word and his law, and yet life doesn't work out the way that he had expected, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we get thrown curveballs, and things don't work out the way that we expected, but... God is still there. He's mm-hmm. with us and yeah. he's got great things in store for us. I know you and I have talked about just our original career aspirations, you yes. know, banking, real estate for yep. me, chemical engineering, and how God just basically did this 180 right. Right. where we all of a sudden knew yeah. that that God had a much different plan for us. Yeah. And I know for me, when that happened, I mean, I had a huge crisis of faith where mm-hmm. I was I was thinking it over more so in terms of really arguing with God, mm-hmm. saying, but God, what yeah. would my girlfriend say? What would my <laughs> parents say? What are yeah. my friends going to say? Lord, this is not the direction yeah. that I wanted my life to go. Yeah. Kind of like, but God, and like, I can't. I can't yeah. do this. I can't I'm do this. I'm too old. I'm too young. I don't have enough money. Oh my that, gosh. I don't have Absolutely. these things lined up. And I think that's where God wants us. And yeah. that's where I think... When he just kind of gets us to these vulnerable states, where the the only thing you can do is is trust in the Lord, and that's where he wants us. And unfortunately, what we yeah. want to do mm. is just kind of stack the deck. And yeah. you know, for me, uh, just being transparent here to the world forever is just man. I just want I wanted the money in the bank. I wanted this financial security. Mm-hmm. You know, when I kind of made the jump onto Young Life staff, you know, I had I had a great career going in real estate, and, and everything was fine. But I, I just felt like I was designed for something bigger. But it didn't. It didn't underwrite. It didn't make total sense from just the outside world looking in. And I had to deal with a lot of questions, even doubts uh, that I had about my abilities to even do this. And mm. God was just so kind along the way and brought people into my life and those kinds of things yeah. to to. Could to you give imagine? Me... <laughs> like, imagine if Joseph didn't follow through with God's plan, but mm. he did divorce her. Mm-hmm. And yet he still had this encounter with the Holy Spirit that said, hey, this invitation, and he chose not to do it. Mm. 
I mean, imagine us knowing that we've been called to this ministry and yet we chose to stay the course of engineering or real estate and always having that question in the back of your mind of like, what if, like, what if I had stepped into this big unknown that God had for us? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. And Joseph, he is entering into when basically God is calling him into something difficult, more difficult than what he would have had. Yes. Mm. But also full of purpose. Right. And yeah. something more fulfilling. I mean, you see that um, he has the privilege, right, of of adopting Jesus as his son, of giving him a name, which was a huge, like, right. huge blessing, responsibility, privilege in that day, um, but also raising him as his son, right? Yeah, crazy. And, and then kind of what we were talking about, like, when you look at Joseph's life, it's not a lot of, it doesn't look like a lot of fun, you know, even past the story. They're on the run from these persecuting kings and this, this literally the, the, the powers to be in the world are coming after this little family, but yet they persevere and just step after step after step, there's heartache, trial, Mm -hmm. disappointment, tough living situations, not knowing where the next meal may be coming from, but yet Joseph, Mary, and this little baby, they, they push through And are obedient, and I think that's where the joy comes in. And mm. like you said, on the purpose of their their true life, like they this was God designed this marriage and this family for this set purpose to usher in the child of the world, child that will save the world. But yet it didn't look; it just doesn't look like the normal set of things. And it's a really, really tough and filled with disappointment, mm. doubt, and those kinds of things. But they push through, and I think that's where the joy comes in uh, yeah. in our life too. That we may not have all the answers, but just living obedient and just grinding it out, pushes pushing through. I, th- I think that's where mm. true joy, tr- true joy comes in. And it's not easy. It's, no. no one, no <laughs> one said it was easy, and especially here, right. we can see that it's not um, going to be easy for him. So, one of the things we love to do as we're looking at the Christmas story is see what does it tell us about Jesus because mm. we get so many clues. Even in this small mm. passage, there are some big nuggets that are new information. What do y'all see there? Well, I mean, I think what struck me was the fact it said that, okay, so she will give birth to a son. So, Jesus was born in the ordinary way, he was fully human. And yet it tells us that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So he is of the Holy Spirit. So he's fully God. So we get this mm-hmm. duality of him being fully human and fully man and in a fully human, fully God. And yeah. we talk about in young life of Jesus being God in the bod, right? It's like mm-hmm. God came down, put on human flesh and moved into our neighborhood right. as one of us. And so, I mean, we see that clearly in this, in this text. Yeah. yeah, that's right. The thing I see about Jesus and, and, uh, what I love is when kind of scripture interprets scripture and uh, just this reading this story really reminded me of Philippians uh, mm. chapter two, uh, verses seven and following where it just said, it was talking about Jesus, uh, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature, taking on the very nature of a servant, Jesus being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient. And so you just kind of see the the beginnings of this humiliation of him leaving the the throne of heaven and coming in in himself and being as vulnerable as an embryo, a baby and entrusting himself to this scared family 
full of doubts, all this other stuff we said, and yet being um, obedient. And uh, one thing I've just kind of been struggling with, challenged with over and over uh, in, in the gospel, and even seeing this, reading this passage, is just the downward mobility of Jesus. In our culture, in our age, you know, it's all about moving up, moving up, moving up. Uh, I travel and traffic in a world where um, kids are constantly pressured to achieve academically and just so that they can get a great uh, college offer, go to a great college so that they can go and get a good job. And it's just this continual motion of achieving and upward mobility. And you, 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 are, you are confronted with, with the gospel here where you just kind of see the downward mobility. And the world is just all about you know, achievement and influence and, you know, in our, our world of middle middle schoolers and high schoolers, just followers and likes and posts and reposts and, and just a social media presence and... AP classes yeah, and, like, yeah. grades and what college am I getting into? Fill in the blank. What am I going to do for the it, rest of my yes, life? Right, and you have to have this plan right? your sophomore year of high school. And, yeah. and, and, Stress, and, and God comes to us and says, no. no, he turns it upside down and that's where you see the cross is like... Hey, if you want true joy in your life, mm. look at Joseph. It's, it's suffering. It's it's faithful obedience. You don't know what's coming next, but that's that's where you get it. Hey, if you want to be rich, give give money away. Give give your riches away. If you mm. want a reputation, don't don't trust it to Instagram or TikTok or whatever. It's like mm. give it up and let mm. and let God define you because he he kind of answers himself. But what what is the result of this? of this humiliation mm. that Jesus experiences. Well, it's in, it's in verse 9. Therefore God exalted Jesus to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that is the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess his name. It's just like God mm. exalts him. And so I guess the challenge for us, and you know, if you're listening, just are you trying to, are, are you your chief self-promoter? Or you, mm. <laughs> Let's just leave it to God to do the work and, and to promote us. And, and our, our job is just to follow mm. follow in his footsteps and follow the direction and the lead that he's called us into. Yeah. And, you know, as you're talking about scripture, interpreting mm -hmm. scripture, I just come back to the text in Colossians chapter yeah. one, verse 15, you know, where we're told that, that all of the fullness of God dwells in this little baby Jesus. Right. Like there is nothing that Jesus lacks. He is fully God, everything. And that's just really, that's really it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I just love the consistency of Scripture, how yeah. you can pull things from the letters of Paul and it feeds right back into the Christmas story. It's just it's so, it's so tight. I love it. I love it. Mm. And I love how it says right here that he will save his people from their sins. Mm -hmm. So that he's not just a Messiah who's coming to the Jewish people to save them from the Roman occupation, right. which some people were hoping yeah. for, which he didn't do. And then... You know, we see that that is what he really came to do. That was his mission. And that's what the, you know, told us here early on. It's not that was a second thought yeah. mm. or God had that as a called an audible or something. Right. But this was the reason that, yeah. that he came. Yeah. And I remember working at a Young Life camp and mm. seeing for the first time. I knew Jesus personally from when I was younger. But being at Young Life camp, even working there. Um, that frontier on summer staff, I saw the illustrations that Young Life had were so clear about mm -hmm. how on the cross he took all the sin of past, present, and future humanity on himself. Mm -hmm. And it always helps me to think about Second Corinthians five twenty one, 
that God made him who had no sin to be sin for mm. us, mm. that we might become the yeah. righteousness of God. So he provided an exchange right. mm. for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what Easter is. And yet Easter is right here in this dream. Yeah, you can't talk Christmas without Easter. Right. I mean, I think people would rather not have the cross right, right. <laughs> with their baby Jesus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, well, just as we close, guys, what are some more just any mm. personal encouragements or challenges as we wrap up? I think um, I think for me, what I'm drawn to is uh, just the character of God mm. and his loving kindness and following yeah. through in his promises throughout the ages. Um, you know, this had been spoken about from the very beginning through the prophets of old who had mm. announced that 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 the Messiah would come. And um, and, and here we see God following through on that promise, right, mm. that he is here Um yeah, so I just love that God's kindness, His His faithfulness, um, His generosity, His mercy, His goodness. I mean, just all of those things, right, are present here. And even to Joseph, right? Yes. In the story, in yeah. present to Joseph. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'd say a big challenge uh, for me and encouragement is just as we kind of enter into this Christmas mm. season. When you read back through just this passage, I mean. This couple in the story is just—it's just filled with the Holy Spirit, His leading, His prompting, His guiding. He's in the dream. He's doing all all sorts of things. He's working powerfully. And I would just—my challenge is as we enter into Advent, as we enter into the Christmas season, is to be led by the Spirit. Uh, I know where I come from. It's like our Christmas traditions are just so rigid, and I know kind of come mid-December, I kind of have this mental. Uh, conversation with myself like gosh I just need to get in the Christmas spirit as if uh, like I need to put on like a jacket or something and I think it's because we get so darn busy and we get so into our routine and just conform to this this and this and we got to go here and do this and this this and buy this these presents check all check so many boxes and have so many things done that gosh what if we could enter the Advent season what if we could enter the Christmas season and be led by the spirit and really kind of be like hey Maybe we don't have to do this. Maybe we don't have to do that. Maybe do this in a different way uh, and just be open to the to the leading of the Holy Spirit because the big lesson for me is just how close God and Jesus and the Spirit are into this to this couple and just and it's no different from us that he is so close to us and yet is just prompting us. And so just to look at life through that lens of being maybe more spirit-led than just kind of culture-led or this is what we do as a family all the time. Not that that's bad, but, hey, maybe we could change things up this year. I think for me, the challenge is about disappointment and finding God mm-hmm. in the disappointment, especially through the holidays. You mm-hmm. know, some people have experienced a lot of loss yeah. uh, this last year or in this past season. And so the holidays don't mean the same things as they would to other people that are just full of joy and celebration. Um, I, I remember when I was a kid and I got this gift that was not something that I expected and it just kind of ruined my Christmas yeah. because I had this big expectation and it didn't come through and I was disappointed. So instead of like embracing the gift that was given to me and enjoying that, um, you know, I kind of wallowed in mm-hmm. that disappointment and let it ruin Christmas for <laughs> me. And so I think there's a challenge for all of us to um, maybe to hold our expectations with open hands, <laughs> right? Our plans That's with great. open hands and to embrace what is. And uh, and look for where God is present in that, right? Because mm-hmm. God is with us, right? Mm-hmm. Emmanuel, we say, God is here yep. right now 
with us. Well, um, and that's yeah. right here in twenty verse 23. Yeah. They shall name him Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Hmm. And I was reminded that at the end of Matthew, hmm. Jesus leaves and says, hmm. I'm with you until the end of the age. Yep. Yes. And so... For those of us that may be disappointed or struggling or lonely, or those mm. of us that may be too busy, right. we can remember that God is with us and remember this little tiny part of the story. And also in Hebrews 13, 5, he reminds us again, I will never leave you or forsake you. Mm. So no matter what ups and downs we have now have had, yeah, <laughs> that promise is embedded right here mm. in the story, which goes back to to um, Isaiah, which we've talked mm-hmm. about a little bit during this story. but And I know through the Holy Spirit, not only is God with us, but God is in us, mm. right? I mean, just like Jesus has been planted in Mary through the power of the Holy Spirit, those of us who believe in Jesus now mm-hmm. have his spirit planted in yeah. us. Yeah. So it's always with us. It's yeah. always communicating with us. We are never, yeah. ever alone. And it's powerful. It says yeah. the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, lives the Holy in lives us. in us. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't think we think about that. It's mind boggling. Uh, and and right. what, yeah. What if we thought that out and just like, wow, that's Captain America. Big difference. Yeah. Big difference. Maybe not Captain America, but just like, <laughs> Hey, I have a new power source in my life yeah. to face challenging family members at Christmas, uh, mm. d- you know, budgeting for all these presents for Christmas, just all the challenges and, and the things that mm. we, mm-hmm. we deal with as, as adults or just even as kids, yeah. you know, maybe you're out there and, and, and gosh, you're just in a broken home and it's just like you feel like a yo-yo getting pulled back and forth from to this family yeah, and, and this family. and that and just, gosh, you have a power, you have access to a power to really endure these things because... Like you said, Jesus is the same yesterday, mm-hmm. today, and forever. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I do love, mm. I've been watching, going back and watching Marvel movies <laughs> lately with David. And yeah. I really do see the gospel in a yeah. lot of those characters and a lot of the themes in there. Uh, so it is, it's yeah. fun to try to find right. those it, themes. There's power. Yeah. Guys, it's been so much fun. Yeah, you guys are so, treasured friends. And thanks for your time. Oh, our pleasure. Yeah, we've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's thank fun. you. When you go to Professional Printing on 14th Street in Griffin, you will find a family-owned business and they can take care of all your printing needs. Professional Printing. In the next episode, you'll hear from my entire family as we follow Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem and see what happens when things turn upside down for them. We will ponder the question, when things are confusing, can we still trust God? For now, I leave you with peace for your day and peace for your night.